What's up, everybody? It's Austin Rivers from the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's a new year, and I have a new podcast here at The Ringer, Off Guard, hosted by me and my guy, Pasha Hugigi. Austin and I go way back and talk so much hoop already that we figured it was time to fire up the mics and let you in on all of these conversations. Every week, Pasha and I will hit on the biggest stories happening in the league and get Austin's perspective of someone currently hooping in the NBA. Tap into Off Guard every Friday on The Ringer NBA show feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors has everything you need to keep your ride or die alive. From superchargers, brakes, exhaust kits, and more, 122 million parts. eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home the win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusion supply. This episode is brought to you by Lincoln in the all-new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid, featuring a customizable 48-inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford, or its affiliates. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz, and I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Horlick. And our top 200 for 2023 is live at ringer.com. Looks magnificent. And you know what? We're not going to change it once through August. These are set and final. <laughs> We're done. We finished it. We did it. These are the correct rankings. <laughs> we did it, Joe. Feels good. Seriously, though, please go look at these rankings. I know I plug stuff at the top all the time, but like, please, fantasyfootball.theringer.com. They look beautiful. And also, they're in the right yeah. order, which is crazy. But if you go on your phone, like, there's just not other fantasy rankings that look like this. Like, we work really hard on it. Uh, dozens of people work on this. Please, fantasyfootball.theringer.com. It is awesome. You will be like, oh, yeah, wow, he's right. And that, that's good for me. Um, if you have thoughts on our rankings, email us at ringerfantasyfootball@gmail.com. If you want anything we can add, you know, we're going to do a big old update to these things at the end of July. We have entire features that people just were like, what if you did that? And we're like, that's a good idea. And then we just built it. So please email us at ringerfantasyfootball@gmail.com. You can also yell at us about the rankings. Like, that's fine. Whatever you want. Tell us we didn't put Kelsey number one like we said we want. Whatever you want to do. Yell at us. It's fine. But you have to go to fantasyfootball.ringer.com. Uh, and then in the process of ranking all these guys, we've got our, you know, top 200 plus players there. We just kind of all just have thoughts. There's just kind of things that keep coming up for us. Where we're like, we got to talk about this stuff and we're just going to dive right in. And I think the number one is just that Christian McCaffrey is just like the first pick. Like we have him first and I am curious, DK, is it hyperbolic? I feel like just, I put Christian McCaffrey first because I just, I feel like it's the best mix of talent and team. Right. Maybe in my lifetime. Like it's a top five match of how good this person is and how right the team is for them. Yes. And then I'm also just not even hundred percent confident in this choice. I think, I think the Elijah Mitchell potentially getting healthy and stealing snaps from him over the long term does worry me a little bit, but ultimately this is kind of an issue that we have with every running back in the NFL at this point. It's just, you know, everybody's in a committee uh, everybody's got guys that are pushing for them. The teams are trying to be a little lighter on these guys going forward in terms of volume. So 
Am I fully confident in this? No, but it, it just makes the most sense. It's funny. I, I still can't really believe that McCaffrey's on the Niners. It still doesn't really like, hasn't really clicked <laughs> in my head. It was like when I was, I was, I was, it's such a perfect fit it, uh, to me. I mean, I was so like, excited fantasy wise when it happened to me. It was like when I found out about the movie Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I was like, wait, <laughs> they're making a Quentin Tarantino movie with Leo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie about old Hollywood. I was like, those are all the things that I like. That's like, you couldn't have scripted a better thing that I like. And when, when they were like, oh, Christian McCaffrey's actually going to go to the Niners and be the starting running back. I was like, that's just all the things that I would want in <laughs> fantasy football, like put into one. I think I'm much more on Heifetz's side here. I think he is the easiest 101 pick like of the last seven years. Wow. Okay. I think the only reason you're not taking him first is because you're out on running backs in general. I can already imagine Bill Simmons coming in the spot in three months and being like, I'm out on running backs, but that's fine. Like if you want to take Justin Jefferson first, that I totally get that. Like it's not weird at all because McCaff I mean, look, we're also breaking our own rules here by putting McCaffrey first. We have a rule that says moment. We have a tattoo on our back that says no Shanahan running backs, no matter what. <laughs> and now we're going to take a Shanahan running back first. Also, he has well, this it's like, different. Yeah, it's different though. Because we want to do it this time. Also, I will say McCaffrey has like patellar tendonitis, which I don't know if that ever really goes away. They just manage it. And so maybe he's going to get load managed. But regardless, he's still a psycho. He's going to play all the time. So I, I, I agree with Craig. He's obviously the number one running back. And it's just, the, again, Ian Harditz, who's at Fantasy Life, has this amazing stat. McCaffrey has 100 yards or a touchdown in 38 games in a row. If you take out the games that he either got hurt <laughs> oh, or yes, was I actually love traded. Stat. 38 in a row, 100 yards or a touchdown. Decent. He's also, like you said, Ivan, he's a psycho about like health. Like if you see like th this guy like breaks records every single week, training wise, he's always doing some new thing, some like zero gravity, underwater training exercises. Yeah. He's just an absolute maniac. And I, I want him. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. It's a maniac. He is though. Uh, I don't know if it gets easier or harder there. I feel like Jefferson to me is the easier too. Like McCaffrey's the only guy where I'm like, oh, I, I will take the existential angst of a running back injury in the first round. After that, honestly, I just want receivers. I want Justin Jefferson or like Jamar Chase or Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill. Like these are the guys that I want next because again, last year we basically, of the top 10 receivers, eight of the top 10 were in the top 10. And I'm like, that just, it just don't screw up your draft in the first round. I don't know. Is that how you feel DK? Yeah. I mean like the safety of, of that position um, just the way that the NFL is trending in general towards more passing, although that might be cyclical and we might have that change over the next year or two. But but yeah, I mean, I think their superstars at the receiver position are so much more reliable, I think, than the running backs at any, uh, you know, for any team, really, other than like three guys. So yeah, the Justin Jeffersons, the um, Jamar Chase, you, you always, they, they just feel so much more reliable. It's just so much more satisfying to click uh, click draft with those guys and, and you're not like getting that huge pucker factor when you're like, oh God, here we go. Leonard Fournette or whoever, you know, obviously in the last couple of years, like Leonard Fournette was high volume, but really volatile. Um, I don't, I don't have that feeling with the, with the receivers at all. And I, I, I feel that way too, Hyvitz, especially because other than McCaffrey, who I think is kind of an outlier in like the true one-on-one pick, once you start going to these next running backs, you know, you're getting into like Eckler, Jonathan Taylor, Saquon, John Robinson, Josh Jacobs. I really do feel like after McCaffrey from picks two to like 16, they all genuinely kind of feel interchangeable to me. I mean, like the, the top of that list closer to two, you have guys like Eckler, Jamar Chase, Jonathan Taylor, Saquon, but then you keep moving down. It's like, we have Tyree kill at 10. 
We have Josh Jacobs, who was like the number three running back in fantasy at 11. We have Derrick Henry at 12. Devontae Adams at 13. Nick Chubb, who doesn't have Kareem Hunt anymore at 14. Uh, Stephon Diggs, 15, who was like also an, uh, had a career year last year. Like to me, you could realistically just swap out Stephon Diggs for Jamar Chase and it might be the exact same thing. And that's the difference between the fourth overall pick and the 15th on our rankings. It feels like the first two rounds to me are, are pretty much just like open open season. I totally agree. And it, I, I just keep... Honestly, there's some real tectonic shifts, I think, with this season. We'll get into the other positions in a second. But the receiver, there's such a clear top six to me. And there's the top two of Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, where there's really nothing bad to say about them. They're young and they're incredible. Um, they're like the Hansel. And then, you, again, you mentioned Tyreek Hill, who literally had the best season of his career. Like, he had a, Tyreek Hill had over yep. 140 yards six times. And the only – it's like Sheesh. little baby question marks. It's like, okay, like, what if Tua gets hurt again and he's catching balls from Skylar Thompson? That'd be bad. Cooper Cup was literally getting one out of every three passes from the Rams. It was the top four target share of the last decade till he got hurt. But he had that high ankle sprain. Like, that's a little weird, but whatever. He's still Cooper Cup. Devontae Adams – 100 catches, 1,500 yards, led the NFL in touchdown catches. New quarterback, all right, whatever. So he's below Diggs. And then Diggs is Diggs. It's like, I'm just like, what are the odds that those guys play the whole season and disappoint you? It feels really low. And right. I think that's where I'm back to. It's like McCaffrey's the only guy in the first round where I'm like, I can't get this anywhere else. But even the guys like a Josh Jacobs, like a Saquon, Jonathan Taylor, I'm like, they're probably incredible, but I there is no such, the, the upside isn't worth the safety to me. Just take a receiver. I don't have the, I don't have the heart for this. I can't deal with the Adam Schefter tweet that just sends my entire season spiraling that Jonathan Taylor has a high ankle sprain. <laughs> Last year in particular, too, it felt like you could really get running back. Like, you could just find an RB2 for your lineup in so many places. There's just so many guys that were either filling in or part of a committee or, like, a pass-catching specialist or whatever that would, like, get you a solid, like, 8 to 10 points or whatever, and you, you could get by with that versus, um, you know, previous years where that was not really the case. There just were fewer of those guys. So to me, it felt like last year there was just, you know, a wider range of, of running back options. Um, so if you, if you missed out on like the top, top guys, there's just like 30 other, like 30 guys that just were going to get you like a really low, low ceiling performance. Yeah. And like, I do think for auction drafts this year, I think the top 20 picks are going to be closer in price than they ever have been. I, I just feel like Saquon and Derrick Henry, and Stefan Diggs versus Cooper Cup versus Jamar Chase. I just think all these guys should be within like, I don't know, five to eight bucks. Because like, again, even A.J. Brown, who we have ranked 16th. A.J. Brown was awesome last year. A.J. Brown was like the, the, <laughs> a top six wide receiver in fantasy. And Jalen Hurts got hurt for like three games. Like, I wouldn't even want a first round pick. I would trade down. I'd pull the Belichick, trade down, get value. <laughs> if you have the six pick and trade down to 14, like if you could do that, like if that's actually a really yeah. good way to put it, Craig, because you're like, there's 16 guys and yeah, the, how big really is the gap from Justin Jefferson to AJ Brown? Obviously Jefferson's better. But like, are you that much more confident Jonathan Taylor with Anthony Richardson is going to be ex extremely more productive than Nick Chubb? I'm not. I think you nailed it too, because once after that 16, there's what I can only describe as just a bunch of sexy players. There's like yeah. a dozen guys who are like, hell yeah. I, we talked about this last year. It actually aged poorly last year because I went on a whole rant about why you should draft Keenan Allen and then he got hurt. But my <laughs> point remains that like non-sexy players is the key to fantasy football. Resisting the sexiness is the key to fantasy football. It's like bonk. You have to get bonked. It's like <laughs> the thirst. Yeah. You're like when you're in your draft this year, 
and it, it's a it's a snake or it's an auction, and and Bijan Robinson comes up. It's like Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's like close your eyes, Marion. Go look at it, Marion. <laughs> because there's Bijan Robinson just is is Nick Chubb. Just just think of him as Nick Chubb, or think of him as Jonathan Taylor. He's going to go for more because he's sexy and he's new, and everybody thinks he's super cool. But he's probably going to go for ten dollars too high. And I feel the same way about somebody like Garrett Wilson now with yes. Aaron Rodgers, who I admit. I am obsessed with. I think Garrett Wilson is awesome. And I think he's going to be awesome with Aaron Rodgers, but it's probably going to overinflate his value. A guy like Travis Etienne, for example. He's sexy. He's only played Fast. for one year because he was hurt the first year. He's with Trevor Lawrence. He's new. But then there's a guy like Joe Mixon just sitting there, still as just like the three-down guy in Cincinnati, who was the RB9 last year, and nobody gives a shit. We have Etienne ranked 10 spots higher. Mixon's a separate situation because... We'll see what happens. There's a chance he gets suspended. But overall, I agree where it's like Garrett Wilson in particular is a great example where it's like he's so good when you watch him. He's cool. Everything you just said. Uh, also, Aaron Rodgers demanded they sign, what, three different receivers? And so Randall Cobb see, today. And but to the Indiana Jones thing, Garrett Wilson's the like really, really cool looking uh, Holy Grail that you're like, this must be it. And you're like, actually, that really plain boring one. That's the Holy Grail. That's the one. It's like it's like just take Chris Olave, who nobody seems to think is sexy, but has Derek Carr and like was great last year. What did we call these guys yeah. last year? I feel like we had a whole show about the just like Bonk. the boring. These were the we were the what? horny police. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm talking about like the boring the young, ones. What do we call the boring guys? guys? Oh, the all boring team. We're like Don Draper at work, and we're trying to resist our all these hot women that are coming into our lives, and it's like just go home to your wife, Don. All right, just draft Delvin <laughs> Cook for what? Okay, you don't need Brees Hall. He's coming off an ACL tear. Why take Garrett Wilson when you could just wait 12 picks and get Amari Cooper, who will just be better? <laughs> oh, he's the perfect exactly. example. Perfect example. Yeah. He's just he's just not cool, though. Uh, we should have the all-yawn team. The go-home-to-your-wife team. <laughs> <laughs> Make good decisions. Uh. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, but here's the thing. I think that the my biggest revelation when we're doing these rankings this year, I think that that's really a good way to put it. It's McCaffrey unless you're really scarred, but Caffrey Jefferson top two. And then like three to 16 is like, yeah, cool. All sure. those guys get yeah. like, there's not that big of a difference if we're being honest. And then there's all those really cool, sexy players. And then these two kind of go hand in hand, but I want to start honestly, the elite quarterbacks I have, and we all have ranked higher than I think we have ever ranked them doing this exercise. And I think that this year, the tectonic shift in fantasy will be, after like a decade of wait on quarterback, early quarterbacks are back. We have quarterbacks ranked higher than we've ever had them ever before. We have Jalen Hurts is our top quarterback. We have him 25th. We have Patrick Mahomes 29th. He's our second quarterback, Josh Allen 30th. Now, again, let's be honest. That's our order. But like the reality is those are the top three guys. Hurts, Allen, Mahomes. You can put them whatever you order you want. But the point is that they... We have for basically a decade, it's been smart to wait to draft quarterback. And there were right. basically two reasons. It was hard to predict who the top five quarterbacks would be. And there wasn't that big of a difference between the fifth quarterback and the 10th anyway. So you might as well wait because you might as well get a top five quarterback at a, the price of a 10th. What changed is the gap between the top five guys and everyone else is now way bigger. And it's way easier to identify who the top five guys will be because it's the top five guys. Spoiler. It's going to be Patrick Mahomes and a bunch of guys who run. And probably yeah. Joe Burrow, too. And we're not going to get some. It's not like Jared Goff will magically just run for 11 touchdowns this year. We know who they're going to be. And the, the gap is massive. So it looks weird. I mean, doesn't it just look weird to see Jalen Hurts with a 25 next to him? Does It just looks strange. But the reality is Jalen Hurts was second in rushing touchdowns last year. And they didn't outlaw the tush push. And he was second in just goal line attempts 
Like Josh the Allen push, push. had the, the same. Push. It's true. If you look at rushing attempts inside the five, Josh Allen had the same as Josh Jacobs or Nick Chubb. It's their two players in one. It, the times are changing. That's all with the quarterback situation. It's like having a one of the elite quarterbacks can actually not win you your league, but it really pushes you up there. Like I, I'd be wondering how many people last year had Jalen Hurts on their team and were like in middling or last place. Like he, I actually he was, can answer that. He was carrying that, teams. The other way around is ESPN. Uh, Tristan Cockroft does a review of like ESPN leagues. And if you had Patrick Mahomes last year, you literally he doubled your odds of winning your championship. He was the number yeah. two most, even though he was obviously drafted very high. And Jalen Hurts was double, even though he ended up missing a lot of the end of the season. Yeah, it's, it's, it is an interesting um, just paradigm shift, I guess, in fantasy. Because like you said before, the late round fantasy quarterback was always like, the smart thing to do because there's just such a opportunity cost of taking a quarterback early. You're not gaining that much of an advantage. And then therefore you're losing out on one of the top skill players at like receiver or running back. Now it's like, if you don't have an elite quarterback, you're kind of fucked, you know? Yeah. And so you either have to get, you have to kind of go early and get a guy like Hertz or Allen or Mahomes, or you have to really gamble and go late with a guy like last year. It was like Justin Fields or Trey Lance. Trey Lance obviously didn't work out for you. If you took Trey Lance, and we're really banking on him going off, then you probably had a tough year. Um, Justin Fields, meanwhile, like maybe won some people their leagues. At least like second half of the year, he was absolutely going nuclear. Uh, and so second most rushing yards for a quarterback in NFL history for Justin yeah. Fields last year. So finding that guy a couple of years ago was Lamar, you know, last year or a couple of years at, after that or whatever is uh, Jalen Hurts. Now it now is Fields. And I think this year it's going to be Anthony Richardson. Um, and I'm, I suspect by the time we get to like real drafts, uh, in August that Richardson's going to be like the QB eight or something like that. Cause wow. people are going to be talking. We have him 16 right now. Yeah. Like, I think that's way too low. Honestly, I, Austin sends along good stat that more than half of Justin Fields points this year from rushing. And I think that the, it, it's so basic, but it, it, it's true. It's like a rushing yard is worth almost three times more than a passing yard. Like that's it. Yeah. And so it's just like it, when you get, combine that with, again, Josh Allen ran for more first downs than Devin Singletary did last year. Like the Bills running back at fewer first downs than the quarterback. As long as that's kind of where we're at with the yards and the goal line attempts and quarterbacks, as DK said, like you're, it's kind of like the people who get Hurts and Josh Allen and those runners or Mahomes because he's that good every year. It's like they just added an extra roster spot. It's the same thing we was talking about with Kelsey. So if someone starts their draft with Kelsey in the first round, and then gets Jalen Hurts in like the fourth. They kind of have two extra players, right? And if yeah. you had Jalen Hurts and Kelsey last year, you probably made your championship. So it's we're in a really weird era. Daniel Jones was the QB eight, and he passed for fifteen touchdowns. Like it's just yeah, it's it's a whole new thing. Yeah. Now some people like me might say maybe we should change the rules, but we joke that, that the no Bears one fucking cares. Like, we Sorry, joke Craig. that the Bears were like Navy, and yet their quarterback is is sixth on our list. Like it's, <laughs> it's so odd. It's even weird seeing him there among Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson, like all really good quarterbacks. And then Justin Fields who straight up just might not be good is the sixth quarterback in our rankings. I have a question just philosophically because Heifetz is so like, just, I mean, he's going to die on this hill forever. In, you know. Alternatively, if like quarterbacks didn't rush, like why, why would that make the game better? Heifetz. Don't you like the strategy? He just wants it to like be equal. He wants it to be well, equal. It, I think that the way... I, I, quarterbacks I, there's are There's a lot of different way. ways to fix it. I, I guess my point is that... it. We're already I doing this. A, it's the second episode of doing <laughs> the I just wanted to humor him because he's already like snidely sticking these like comments in while we're trying to like talk it's about just, this. It's just... There's... You can, the, 
you can play the meta of like, well, a rushing yard is worth three times more than a passing yard. So I'm like, okay, but like, is that what we want? Is that the, because you know why it's, it goes back to my thing. It's like fantasy football's the only thing you can actually enact change in your life fairly easily. You want to change a local town council. You want to get a road change. Like it's actually hard to do things. You just have to convince like six friends and you're like, oh, you can change the rules. So I'm like, is this what we want? Is the best version of this game the same thing that was 60 years ago? Even everything about the sport has changed. That's all. It's like, are we sure a rushing guard should be worth three times more than a passing yard? I don't know anymore. They came up with that rule in like 1964. I think it's harder to get seven of your friends to change a rule in a league <laughs> than it is to build a new road in a city. Right, I really do. Right. That's a good Look, point. man, you never try to build a road. Neither uh, have I. I but will that's say my, my defense of the quarterback rushing thing is that when you have a quarterback that can run, it's really fucking hard on a real-life defense, too. You know what I mean? Um, and so when you get these guys that can do both, they're absolute game-changers. Like, they are... They're Patrick Mahomes. They are, you know, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts. They're the league's most dangerous players, full stop. And I, th I think, like, the idea of penalizing these running quarterbacks because, you know, of an old rule or whatever is stupid. No, I know. It's just weird to me that a third and five and you complete for five yards a pass but versus running for the five yards is worth, like, a third. That just doesn't make sense to me. And when I'm watching it, it perverts the game when I'm watching Sunday's Live. <laughs> and I'm like, God, Mahomes, no, don't throw it, Mahomes. Run it. Run. Oh, he threw it. I'm like, you know what I mean? It's just like, that's kind of dumb. That's all. It's more demoralizing when they run for it. So it's three times as demoralizing to the defense. That's an anti- It's also harder. Right it's harder, you know? <laughs> Not everybody can run like that. It's more dangerous. You should be rewarded. So yeah. Yeah. I think that uh, a parallel factor in why in my opinion at least and why i think it was easier for me to move the quarterbacks up this year is the the i don't know what to call them i guess the upper middle class of receivers mm -hmm. is the least inspiring i can remember in quite some time like the upper has, middle class you said give I, some I examples so, i don't know what to yeah. call them that but like basically we've we all agree that the top like 18 or so what's receivers, their salary for upper middle are they making like one 150k a year with like, inflation these class? days i don't know i okay depends on I where guess, they right, live fine i'll name yeah the, so if the elites are jefferson chase cooper cup hill Devonte Diggs, cool and then like there's ag brown cd lamb jalen waddle amon ross st brown garrett wilson chris olave dk metcalf Devonte smith t higgins mm -hmm. amari cooper like okay cool those guys are all exciting this is the top 16 like if you have one of those guys if you have two of those guys, then you're freaking good to go. The next Then it's group, kind of a bloodbath. You're right. <laughs> there's Debo Samuel, who's like, I mean, he had fewer yards from scrimmage last year than Latavius Murray. Got, and who's the quarterback for the Niners? DeAndre Hopkins, I love, but also like, is Colt McCoy the quarterback? Is he going to play there? We don't know. Then it's like right. Drake London. Love the number one receiver, but like they, they threw the ball 39% of the time last year. Tyler Lockett's great. Terry McLaurin's quarterback, Sam Howell. Chris Godwin's quarterback's Baker Mayfield. Keenan Allen missed more time last year than Brian Robinson, even though Brian Robinson got shot. Digimore plays for the <laughs> Bears now. Jeez. And like, I mean, the Bears actually ran the ball the most in the league last year. Michael Pittman's quarterback's Anthony Richardson, who we love, but like, is he really going to be able to, I, you know what I mean? Like you go on and on. Calvin Ridley hasn't, has played five games since 2020. Mike Williams always hurt. Mike Evans was one of the most frustrating players in football last year. Marquise Brown missed like three months. Like all these guys are like have upside, but also it's so easy to envision me drafting them and immediately regretting it. <laughs> So uh, this is good. We're, we're we're like formulating what our our early draft strategy is. So right now we're thinking you go early on wide receivers and early on elite quarterback. You start out with you, you go back to back. You grab a Jamar Chase and a and a, a Monroe St. Brown, and then round three you're grabbing Jalen Hurts or Allen or Mahomes, and then we're we're bargain shopping for running backs. That's the move. It looks like. I hope I got to tell you, running backs kind of a mess. 
I don't know. I kind of actually am into a decent amount of these guys. So the running backs in like that approximate area, I'll just read off a few here. Like J.K. Dobbins, Miles Sanders, Damian Pierce, James Conner, Rashad White, Cam Akers, Alvin Kamara. I actually kind of like those two. Like that is what you'd probably call in prior years the dead zone. But with the way but that the running back... it could work for us. The, that's <laughs> it right. works for these people, but yeah. I mean, look, J.K. Dobbins, this is the year after the year after the return from this injury. This is his year, yeah. Right. Damian Pierce? Was awesome last year. Miles Sanders like has what we think is a three-down role with Bryce Young. James Conner, although the most boring player in fantasy history, the Cardinals have yet to do anything with yeah. his competition. I, I'm pretty he's the sure only he's one just on the team. Get 270 <laughs> touches again. Yeah. Uh, and then Alvin Kamara, I know he likely might get suspended, but even if he comes back, like kind of like Alvin Kamara this year with Derek Carr, Cam Akers, you know. There's not a lot of competition for him. Like these are all ugly dudes that could probably touch the ball 20 times a game. Even if you go further down that list, Isaiah Pacheco, David Montgomery, yep. DeAndre Swift, Khalil Herbert, Rashad Penny, who's probably going to lead the NFL in rushing, uh, Javante Williams, who maybe in the second half is feeling a little bit better, gets on the field. James Cook, kind of a sneaky guy in a good offense. AJ Dillon, Brian Robinson, Damian Harris. I can talk myself into all these guys. I, I agree. I, I think that that is where my early heart is because part of me is like, at the end of the day, if, let's just say you have the fifth pick. You could basically, there's a world where you can get, I mean, if you come out with like, let's say you have the sixth pick or whatever, you, if, if you want to just take Travis Kelsey and then you come back around, you could get like AJ Brown. And then let's say you stack him with Jalen Hurts and then you come back around and you might get, you know, T Higgins. Yeah. And so sure. now you got Cooper. Hurts, Kelsey. Yeah. Mar let's say Amari Cooper. And uh, AJ Brown, and it's like, all right, cool. You have a long time. You don't need a quarterback. You don't need a tight end. And it's like, all right, cool. Go find like bargain shop at running back. And I'm like, I, I think that that feels safe, which is probably why it's a terrible idea. And we'll look back on all this with like hilarity <laughs> when it all goes wrong and we finally buy in on Kelsey the year that he collapses. But you know what I mean? Where it's, it, it just, you're buying such high floors that um, I think that's kind of a big theme for me this year is there are not that many guys where I'm like certain of a certain degree of production. So I want those guys. There's kind of a scary group of running back. It's like the group right above the dead zone. Like, like maybe these are guys you would take in like round three. And there's a lot of question marks around these guys. It's like Ken Walker, obviously now it's like we have Charbonnet there in Seattle. Brees Hall is coming off an ACL. Mm -hmm. Mix in possible suspension has been kind of in decline. Dalvin Cook is just like weirdly hovering around like being the RB15 now, despite like them not really making any changes in Minnesota. He's like still younger than you think. He's like 27, but he's kind of been declining. He's banged up a lot. You have Najee Harris, who has been a disappointment since his rookie year. Jameer Gibbs is a rookie. And then Aaron Jones without Aaron Rodgers. It's like that whole group, that's like nine guys. I don't feel good about any of them. And they're going to cost you like 40 bucks in an auction. I don't know. I don't mind those guys as much. But I think that that's another big theme is like Leo DiCaprio, which is, again, coming up. Talked about how he never wears the same hat. Shout out to Andrew Gudadaro, who made a giant Leo DiCaprio actually bracket on the ringer. <laughs> uh, he did a March Madness bracket of all the hats that Leo DiCaprio's wore. But we also, the Leo DiCaprio, once you're 26, 27, time for a new one. And I think that that's actually like a big question this year is which 27 year olds are we just out on versus which are we sticking um yeah. we have to decaprio <laughs> we should do an entire episode around yeah we should decaprio <laughs> like in or out yeah oh, boy. yeah 27 like saquon's 26 but he's 23 at heart wait can we we haven't talked once about derrick henry we have to just please can we spend oh. five minutes on derrick henry <laughs> what are we doing with derrick henry so we have oh, derrick man. henry 12th overall uh and he's our seventh running back for the eighth straight DK. year i'm not drafting him how much, like, how how cheap would Derrick Henry have to be for you to draft him? 
Um, eight, what if he was 23 God. bucks? Yeah, I would do it. Okay. I think if we're talking anything under 30, I'm like, okay, fine, I'll do it. Is this the ultimate all-time, I'm not touching this guy with a 10-foot pole, but he's probably still going to have 1,300 <laughs> yards? Yes. Uh, yes. Dude, this off- Perfect way to put this it. offense could be terrible. <laughs> The Titans won out. The Titans basically, I mean, yeah. I believe that they were trying to trade. The reality is that Derrick Henry is still making like basically 10 million bucks. And, it, you know, it's probably the last year for him in Tennessee. It's probably the last year for Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee. They're probably on the precipice of a rebuild if like Will Evans takes over next year. And like, they're not going to build this. They know like the new GM came in from San Francisco. They're aware they're not building this offense around. I mean, Derrick Henry's going to be like 30 next year. So they're not building it around him. But again, Speaking of psychos, like Derrick Henry still wants all the touches and he, I don't think he cares about any of this. So we're going to be like, oh, well, you know, better out a year too early than a year too late, we say for the fourth year in a row. And he's probably going to have <laughs> 1,600 yards and then just never play football again. But I just can't I mean, be they, left holding the bag after missing all the good days. Like I can't pay. You know what I mean? Like I can't did, fund this. It's like a bailout. They did draft I feel like. Peter Skaronsky. So maybe he's the key to this whole thing. I know this doesn't make any sense, but I wish, I wish your 20s were like, 15 years long because then I would feel so differently about Derrick Henry. Yeah, no you know, <laughs> like if, if there were five years after 29 and it was still considered in your twenties and he's the exact same guy who has played the, ex- the same amount of snaps, I would feel way better about it. Are you talking it's about Derrick Henry or yourself? <laughs> he's projecting. He's projecting. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Craig's upset Derrick Henry's 29 because Craig's upset that he's 28. Yeah. Craig's like getting scared of turning 30. Give me well, a that's break. That's true. That is true. But I, I'm telling you, it, it uh, the, the 30 cliff, even though it's like not even real half the time, all these uh, modern medicine and athlete health is completely different now. Like, <laughs> you know, Cooper Cup's 30 and he's like probably going to be incredible this year. Uh, I'd still, there's something specifically, his, it's Derrick Henry's sheer size and, and just overall freight that just has freaked me out since he's been like 25. Freight. Overall freight? Yeah. I don't know. I just don't want it. I don't. That'll be a great theme for the DiCaprio pod is just Craig and I being really uncomfortable with the fact that we're almost 30. <laughs> uh, and, and DK maligning us for that. DK yeah. being like, you guys just suck. fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusion supply. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC slim fit trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now 
at lululemon.com. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York, we want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. That's my main takeaway from some of these rankings is I looking at so many of these middle receivers. It honestly reminds me of that line from Superbad. It's like, man, you ever just seen Michael Thomas on his own? Not for me. <laughs> not for me. It's not for me. Uh, Austin, Austin, going back one second, Austin just dropped this in the chat. The only running backs in the top 20 that were older than 27 years old last year were Derrick Henry, who's 28, and Jarek McKinnon, who randomly caught like eight touchdowns in like a six-game stretch or whatever it was. But, but see, that's almost my point here. Is like, is that an argument for or against Derrick Henry? I can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> it's against. It's against. Or, but he's the outlier. He's the freak of nature. It's like saying, you know, LeBron James is the only player to average over 28 points at the age of 38 or older. It's like, okay, but doesn't that mean I should just draft LeBron again next year because he's the only guy who can do this still? Well, I think that it, it reminds me of my dad in 2010 being like, you know, this Apple stock, I think I missed the boat. And then in 2020, he's like, man, this Apple stock, I think I missed the boat. And then meanwhile, <laughs> the, now they're a bank and in two years, they're going to have a car. And in 2030, he's going to be like, I think I missed the Short boat. It. Like, every year we're like, you know what? We missed the glory days. And then we just, you know, we keep, are we just, it's the, the office. We need someone to tap us on the shoulder and be like, if you're still in the glory days. That'd be I'm great. out. I'm out. Derrick Henry, Henry is the S&P 500. Just keeps going up. <laughs> it's the same with no. Kelsey. We're, we're going to finally get in on Kelsey this year and he's going to like have a season-ending injury. Warren so Buffett's fun. favorite two players are Travis Kelsey and Derrick Henry. Oh, because of the <laughs> would also be, What would Warren Buffett do? Just have, he just has, wins every year, says Kelsey. He's like, Derrick Henry pays high dividends. Let's buy it. We're in. <laughs> I saw the other day that Warren Buffett said he invested in Coca-Cola in part because it had no taste memory that Coke, like if you eat a lot of chocolate, you get sick of chocolate, like it collects in your mouth and your slot and like basically your mouth is like, all right, enough of that. And Coca-Cola, they've designed it to the point where it's completely and utterly forgettable. So even though when you drink it, people are addicted to the taste, but then there is no buildup. So you never get sick of it. And that is apparently what convinced wow. Warren Buffett to invest in this forever. And that's why he's such a that's, huge you know, uh, shareholder. They do that with a lot of chips. I, I I think I read or I was listening to some podcasts about, you know, food science and how messed up it is. And he, they said the exact same thing. They talked about like if you ate an orange slice, the flavor of orange is like in your mouth for what feels like 20 minutes. It's like all over your fingers. It's like you just sprayed yourself with orange like perfume film. if you have a slice of an yeah. orange. If you have a Cheeto, the flavor's gone in like 15 seconds because they want you to want more. <laughs> yeah, they really perfected that. I think Kadarius yeah. Tony did the same thing to you two. Ha! That's right. He's in and out. They score. They also have like for snack food, they score them on like a, a I forget what it's called, but basically a scale of like taste, shape, because texture is such a big part of food. And you know what? Like a shape that scored best, like a 99 out of 100 for like, it was like a, sa a cheese puff and like a Cheeto. Yeah. It's like the perfect yeah. shape for what a human, like apparently your lizard brain wants to. Into. <laughs> <laughs> I, Cheetos are very satisfying. I really like Cheetos. I think original Cheetos is like maybe the greatest thing on the earth. <laughs> You can't stop eating Cheetos. It's like a scientific thing. Do you know how we're like a little worried about AI taking over for us? Do you think when God created humanity, like, you know, everything and then saw that we created Cheetos, he was like, oh shit, I couldn't have thought of that. <laughs> He's like, wow, they're good. <laughs> Damn. <laughs>
All right. We're coming to you every week for the entire summer. So that's sick. We're going to talk next week. We're going to go through some of our biggest questions for, for the season, of which we have many. Uh, so, but yeah, fantasyfootball.thereamer.com. Please visit our rankings. They're really, they're really cool. Please, please check them out. Do it on your phone. We made them for your phone. They're perfect. Uh, and they're right, which again, how, how about that? Prove us wrong. Email don't, us at ringerfantasy. Don't talk to Football. us later. Email us at ringerfantasyfootball@gmail.com. If you have things we want to hit on this pod over the summer, we definitely have like the most room for weird stuff. So email us whatever. Email us questions about players. Email us questions about our ranks. Things you want to see. Email us whatever. Email time. Let's do email. it. Email. Email. It's from Daniel, which is appropriate. Daniel. Dang. Fellow Danny. He wrote about the Seahawks running backs, Ken Charbonnet and Ken Walker. And he said, listening to recent podcasts, I was struck by how Danny Kelly and everyone described the Charbonnet-Walker situation. The flashy, dancy, home run hitting Seahawks running back is... Wait, isn't it Zach Charbonnet? It's not Ken Charbonnet. Oh, did I write... Oh, I just wrote it backwards. I just wrote Ken <laughs> twice. Oh, yeah, sorry. Okay. I just read whatever's on the teleprompter. <laughs> but, uh... Actually, wait, no, sorry. I did that right. You'll see in, like, one second why I did that. Uh, the fl- Ken... Sh- uh, gee, I just did it again. What is wrong with me? <laughs> okay. We're keeping all of this. The point is they should switch names. Ken Walker is, like, the blue-collar guy, Michigan State blue collar name it's like that guy should be the grinder he's the flashy home run hitting dancer and then zach charbonnet from <laughs> ucla is the like grind yeah. it out three yards in a clown of dust it's like they should switch names charbonnet should be the home run hitter and ken walker from michigan state should be the three yards in cloud of dust guy we should switch their names their lives and as daniel says maybe their social security numbers <laughs> this is a great take uh kenneth kenneth walker steel town it should be zach budweiser and then Kenneth Charbonnet. So you can have a nice <laughs> little blend there. It's actually good. Speaking of funny names, by the way, uh, I got a message. I'm in an international dynasty league, which is uh, six of the teams are from uh, our, our American managers. Six of the teams are from... International man of dynasty. Yeah. The, what, it's the, the Ryder Cup for fantasy football? Essentially, yes. Uh, six of the managers are from... You're the Austin countries. Powers of fantasy football. Wow. <laughs> anyway, one of the one of the teams is uh, some some guys from France. And they were upset at our Laporta discussion the other day. Uh, <laughs> apparently, Laporta is the door in Italian, not French. You fucking idiots! And I'm saying that to me. Um, so, anyways, just wanted to point that out. Laporta is Italian for the door, not French. In retrospect, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> uh, we got an email uh, from. I'm going to leave this person's name out, but they'll know who they are. Leave this person's name out. <laughs> So in the last episode, if you didn't listen to it, or actually I guess this is two episodes with Solak, we revealed on our final draft show of the year, we figured out that Ben Solak has no sense of smell mm. <laughs> or virtually none. And so someone emailed in who will shower name nameless says one summer in college when I worked at Target as an early morning stalker, uh, I unloaded the delivery truck one day and we were stocking the shelves in the pet food section when one of my coworkers dropped a case of canned cat food in the corner on a platform cart. And one of the cans broke open, revealing the food had gone rancid and was infested with maggots. Oh, my God. The guy who dropped the can immediately started gagging, and another coworker pulled an Irish goodbye. We started trying <laughs> to clean left. it up, but my coworker <laughs> literally couldn't stand the smell for more than two minutes. And during the whole process, I sensed, he quotes, I sensed a disturbance in my nose. But to the amazement of my coworkers, I legitimately couldn't smell anything. And after cleaning up the mess on the store floor, I took the platform cart back to the room and without thinking, I put it next to a big fan in the back, proceeded to go upwind of the fan. And 30 seconds later, the backroom staff come running from downwind of the fan, trying to identify the source of the of 
what the hell the smell is coming from. And I explained it, took it out to the loading dock, and I think that they burned it to get rid of the smell. So I know Solak's not in the pod anymore, but please let him and others know there are others in the world who are olfactory challenged. Do you guys think that it's a blessing or a curse to not have a strong sense of smell? Both. It's a curse. It's a curse. Really? I think I think the bad smells are worth the good ones. <laughs> okay. I agree. You also only have five ways to interact with the world. <laughs> no, that's fair. That's fair. Um, you know, the smell of bacon, <laughs> chocolate chip cookies... You know, Ooh, yeah, that's a good spot. Better go smell on a, than lost. On a Dude, warm every, summer day. Every time you walk by like a pizza place, I'm just like, oh my God, that place oh, smells so fucking barbecue. good. Barbecue. I yeah. smell after it rains. We're getting romantic here. <laughs> uh, do you guys, in your relationships, do you guys have one person who has a sense of smell and vice versa? Like Skippy can't smell. And so anytime I'm always like, hey, do you smell smoke? She's like, I don't smell anything. It's your job to smell stuff. I'm like, I, I don't want to be responsible for smelling everything. Like so can you get, but does that mean you get away with farting in bed? Yes. What is this? <laughs> this, is, this is the most ignorant thing I have asked in a while. When you, when you, don't, when you can't see, you're blind. When you, you can't hear, you're deaf. What is it called when you can't smell? Is there a name for I that? Don't know. Is there a word for that? I don't know. Austin, Austin says Smith. <laughs> that's not correct. That's a great I, name, though. There's no way that's correct. I don't know. Honestly, I'd never <laughs> heard no of it till COVID happened. I, I don't actually know. I guess there. It's like Tobias. It's like there's dozens of us. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's pretty common. Anosmia. That's not. He's making this up. Hy hyposmia is a reduced ability to detect odors, and anosmia is the complete inability to detect odors. So Ben perhaps has hyposmia. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, like Skippy, she can smell sort of, but just not, not well. I like Smith. We got to change that. Imagine being a dog. They can smell apparently like ten thousand times stronger than us, or something like that. Something ridiculous. They can smell everything. That would just be overwhelming. DK blew my mind, and world. I think Hyvitz's mind too. Last year, when he told us that dogs tire themselves out not by running but by smelling. Yeah, and that's why you that's should crazy. let your dog sniff as many fireplaces or fireplaces, uh, fire hydrants and. <laughs> bushes and sidewalks and trees and stuff because it'll tire them out. Yeah, so like this is repeating what I said earlier, but for everyone who didn't hear, if you have a new dog, a puppy or whatever, and you really want to get the energy out of that dog, just throw like a handful of kibble out in your backyard and they'll spend the next like 45 minutes trying to find all the kibble, <laughs> sniffing around. Just tires them out. You can run a dog. You can have like go play fetch for five fucking hours. They'll never get tired. Like dogs have insane st stamina, but their olfactory system if it goes into overdrive, that's like what really tires them out. Like once they want to go to sleep after that. So yeah, it's brilliant. This, every now and then DK kind of dishes out life-changing facts. Like when he was like, this Lord of the, this music, music from the Hobbit puts my kid to sleep. And then we got like 20 emails from dads who were like, thank you. So <laughs> the like only the greatest thing. thing. It's the greatest thing I've ever freaking like. A shout that out. For I, didn't, I didn't discover it. Skippy. What's did, it called yeah. again? Uh, Misty Mountains on the Hobbit soundtrack. It's incredible. Honestly, we'll give advice for the whole year, but if you're a dad with or a mom, anyone listening with a, a young child, that's actually the best advice you'll get all year. For it, this yeah, it, it hasn't worked with 100% of the people that we, I've told it to, but it's pretty strong. Like I would say it's like a 75% hit rate. Uh, if your baby is crying and you need to soothe the baby, put on this song. It's like a deep guttural like humming with a bunch of dwarves. Sounds amazing. <laughs> uh, and the baby just is like, what? And he like, he or she will like turn their attention to this song. It's like insane. It worked with Calvin like every time. 
All right, we got an email from Matt. 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 This is about, we were talking about eating the same thing every day. Craig said he couldn't. Also, someone said, Craig, my friend Matt said, how are you going to do a bulking pod if you can't eat the same thing every day? <laughs> well, you can diversify, right? Or it's like you can transform the chicken. I'm saying like the exact same thing every day is weird. All right, well, Matt says, for 25 years, I had the exact same thing for breakfast every day. Two dry toasted bagels dipped in my morning coffee. Dry? Oh my gosh. Dry toasted bagels. Well, I guess two he's dipping bagels? them. He's dipping them in the coffee. Two slices or two whole bagels? I no, he says two dry toasted bagels. Dipped in coffee? <laughs> he says I love I freaking love bagels. I sure hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't talk. Look, I've eaten freaking probably a million quesadillas in my life, so uh I get it. But also the, like don't bagels like if you dip a bagel in any liquid, doesn't it just like disintegrate? <laughs> No, no, no. I, just, I'm curious like what he was in. He, Matt says, I found bagels in Japan, Costa Rica, and in Italy, literally everywhere, because it got to the point I didn't want to break my streak. I've never heard of dipping a bagel in coffee before. Is that something that people do? I've never heard of that either. I mean, huh. Will Levis, probably. I just don't get it. To me, a bread soaked in a, in a liquid makes no sense to me. You don't like dipping bread in, like, vinegar? What? <laughs> <laughs> like I like I'll dip some like like, like bread focaccia like, yes, bread like, in vinegar oil and balsamic right. yeah but that's like a little bit and you're not like dunking you're not submerging it <laughs> well DK loves the dinner roll which honestly was almost I like mean, at the end of our professional relationship at the Super Bowl <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh my god we don't I need do to get bread. into that I do love bread. <laughs> we'll, hash that, we'll, we'll save that for fantasy therapy <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, the the airing of grievances oh my god. <laughs> Oh my god! I had to mediate between the two of them for like forty minutes at a dinner <laughs> in, in Phoenix. <laughs> Craig, this is, this is privileged information. You're not allowed to talk about it on the podcast. They don't. What, I haven't said anything. <laughs> Craig is literally our therapist. Basically, um, I also want to shout out everyone who emailed us about the pumpkin pie milk Kuiper stuff. Which, if you didn't listen to our last draft show, just milk Kuiper eats pumpkin pie every day, and we just. Honestly, it was the most astounding thing that I've ever discovered in my entire life. Um, <laughs> I still want Mel Kuyper on this show to just not talk about the draft at all and just talk about pumpkin pie. I just want all weird eating habits. If you have weird eating habits, email us. <laughs> RingerFantasyFootball at gmail.com. Not, not humans, though, Craig. We're not going there. Well, No cannibals. If it's, if it's altruistic. <laughs> altruistic cannibalism. All right. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Austin for all the help behind the episode. Thank you, Kai, for producing this episode. And then uh, Kai probably wants to thank the Los Angeles Lakers for beating the Warriors in game one, which has um, probably torn this podcast asunder, quite honestly. Thank you, Lorne! Lorne! <laughs> why did it... Why did it, I, I, it? It's not over. What do, I don't understand this. It's like, yes, they won game one. Well, it has not... It'll tear, the pod, it'll tear the podcast apart if they sweep them, you know. Get out the brooms, Craig. Let's go. Yeah. That was such a kitchen sink game for the fucking Lakers. The amount of Oscars that they should be awarded for flopping. Darvin Ham was on the court trying to block Jordan Poole's last three. I fell asleep because I kind of love that this generational matchup of LeBron versus the Warriors again is on at 10 o'clock Eastern. Just that's great. How do the Warriors shoot six free throws? I, I, great question. 29 to six. Makes Here's a, a good stat for you, though. The Steph, Clay, and Poole, all three of them, each made six threes. The Lakers as a team made six threes. They won by five points. That's that's because how many did they shoot? Like 18? 
I think they shot several. I don't know. I don't know the number. Off the top of my head, but <laughs> they shoot a lot of threes. They just don't make them. So it's like, we got to see what happens. There was a lot of shenanigans going on in that game. I'm just going to leave it at that. Thank you, Jimmy Hendrix. Silver. Jimmy Hendrix. We're going to be in Thank Sweden you. together in like a month. I want to know Jimmy what Hendrix. you guys will put on this series. Uh, well, Kyle and I were texting about it. We were debating. We were going to do like money, but you know, we thought maybe we could have it where, and we wanted you two to help. Whoever, if the Lakers win or the Warriors win, the other person has to like read a statement on the pod that the other person writes. You have to change their Twitter avatar. If you, we, we have time. So if anybody has any thoughts. <laughs> That's fun. So we did that a lot on the NFL show. I show Steven and, and Ben Solak. And it would be funny because I think the only thing Craig cares about on Twitter is the Warriors. That's right. <laughs> that would be so sweet to just and see, see some, Lakers, some Lakers propaganda from Craig Horlbeck. That'd be great. It's just a, a mashup of Lakers and then UConn just together in like a Twitter episode. <laughs> Craig is a, he's a fantasy football expert and a movie expert who hosts Rewatchables. And the only thing he tweets about are the fucking Warriors. And Didn't you Diego mention State. the Warriors score when you were the best man at your brother's wedding? And you're like, so the score of the Warriors is. Well, yeah, that was the whole thing. It was like game four of the Celtics series was my brother's wedding. My brother, and as well as all his friends and my family, we're all big Bay Area guys. We're all big diehard Warrior fans. And so there was like this ongoing joke about like, are people going to be checking the score during dinner? Are they not? And so I led the best man speech by saying, I said like, uh, first I'm going to start with what's on everybody's mind. And I was like, the Warriors are up four. <laughs> and everybody like clapped. It was like, yeah. <laughs> and that was Steph's iconic game. We all watched it on our phones while we were dancing on the dance floor. Lakers and six. <laughs> y- your boys are flopping all over the place. Darvin <laughs> Ham's the sixth man on the court. Six that's man just of the year award goes to Darvin Ham. That's just, that's just him competing out there. He DM. put his hand up to block him. <laughs> To affect his sight on the court. <laughs> Great move. Veteran veteran move. <laughs> what are we doing? NBA. Adam Silver, get it Classic together. Classic Jason Kidd running into uh, coach with the, with the water. <laughs> I trust the dubs. The Kings are better than the Warriors. I mean, sorry, the Kings are better than the Lakers. Freudian <laughs> 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 slip. <laughs> oh, boy. I, I truly believe that Kings are better than the Lakers. Craig gets so defensive around the Warriors. It's like his child. You know why I think that is? It's because every other part of my fandom in life, like movies, television, fantasy football, it's all become a part of my job. And the Warriors is the only thing that like has nothing to do with work. So I can like still just like purely <laughs> yeah. enjoy it. All right. Dickie, did you name a band? Yeah, I said Jimi Hendrix. I snuck it in there. <laughs> we just skipped over Jimi Hendrix. Shout out Jimi Hendrix. All right. Goodbye, everyone. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, 
file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.